this is Jamie, and you are listening to Saturn Scaries, a podcast all about astrology, growing up, and being the best version of yourself. So (laughs) thank you so much for joining. If you want to learn more about the podcast, follow along on Instagram at Saturn Scaries. Thanks. Hello, and welcome back to another Saturn Scaries podcast. When I decided I wanted to start a podcast, one of the reasons why I wanted to do so is because I felt like I was experiencing a lot of spiritual and just emotional growth in my life, and I would have these kind of epiphanies or breakthrough sounds a little bit dramatic, but I would just think on these topics that were kind of spiritually grounded and I would really want to share them with people. And, you know, I share them as much as I can with my friends. (laughs) Sometimes they get tired of listening to me. (laughs) No. And um, I never really felt comfortable going into detail on some of these podcasts, like on Instagram or platforms like that, because it just didn't really feel right to me. And so that was one of the biggest reasons why I want to start the podcast. And so today I'm here on my own and I'm going to kind of talk about one of those podcast or (laughs) one of those topics. And it is a little bit different. It's not, you know, within the realm of, you know, tarot cards or mercury retrograde or anything like that. But it's just something that I found to be helpful. And obviously, you probably know I'm not a psychologist. Um, I am not an expert in any of this. So please don't take what I say as some kind of, you know, prescription in any way. This is just, you know, kind of my experience and my realizations that I'm having as I grow up. And one of these, and I had this quite a while ago, and so something that I feel like everyone can relate to, I hope, or maybe I'm just insane. I'm just kidding. I don't think I am. Uh, Is we all have a narrative of our life. I think as humans, it helps us to make sense of things, having kind of a story. You know, it's why we love books. It's why we love movies. It just helps us categorize our place in the world and give meaning to our lives. And we all have stories about ourselves and about our lives. And I know for me, I can really, and I'm not every day necessarily thinking about it, but I do think that it's sort of this background noise that we operate from. But I have noticed there are times when I will stick on to a negative story. Usually something bothers me, something upsets me, and I will begin to really dive into this narrative that I have set up for myself. And, you know, we all have that to an extent when someone says, oh, like, I mean, this doesn't happen to me all that often, but if someone were to to ask you, you know, what was your upbringing like? And, you know, to dive into some of the harder, more personal aspects of my life, you know, I could kind of grow up and obviously I don't tell myself or I don't operate on one of these or the other. Um, I'm really moving towards the more positive story, but we all kind of have this choice. And for me, I would sometimes get into this negative narrative where I would think about, 
my dad was a drug addict. My parents were divorced. You know, my dad really kind of emotionally abandoned me in a lot of ways. And, you know, I grew up pretty much traumatized by his, uh, his different issues that I came into contact with, you know, whether that was having to drive him around when he got drunk or, you know, witnessing domestic abuse or, you know, all of these different things that I had to live through because of him. And then, you know, a lot of us want to have ourselves as some kind of hero of overcoming things in a narrative. And, you know, I'd be like, I put myself through college and I got a scholarship and I went through all, all of these horrible things in high school and had to switch schools because I was bullied so badly. And even despite all of that, like I got these great grades and, you know, now I'm where I am today. And that's one way I could look at my life. And that's one one narrative and you know the one that I lean into more and the one that is probably and it's not even to say one is more accurate than the other it's just kind of looking at two different sides of the coin you know or I can lean into the narrative that my parents got divorced when I was young my dad had a lot of issues and yes I was exposed to a lot of things that I should not have been when I was young but I always had everything that I needed and you know when I was really young um, my stepdad came into my life and became the most amazing father figure to me that has gone above and beyond, beyond to take care of me and to make sure I had everything I ever wanted. And, you know, I got in trouble in high school. I was lucky enough to, you know, have supportive parents to go to a new school and have a new start. I, you know, was lucky enough to get a scholarship. And then because of that, you know, my parents could use money they would have spent paying for my tuition so that I could, you know, spend a summer in Europe, that I could be in a sorority, that I could do all of these different things and I could go through college and, you know, I still worked, but I knew that the things I absolutely needed were taken care of. And that narrative <laughs> obviously feels a lot better to me. And I realized we can choose which narrative for our lives is more helpful to us. And both can be accurate and both can be true to us. But the one that we tell ourselves day in and day out is that's what, and I don't mean this in even though I do believe in the power of manifestation and I can get more into that, but I don't mean that in a woo woo out there kind of way. It's whichever assumption you're operating on is how you're going to approach life. And that's going to change how life reacts to you in very practical, physical ways. For example, you know, and I, I've overcome a lot of that as far as my childhood narrative, but there are the smaller ones too. One that came up for me even recently is around food. And I've always, you know, had issues around food. Um, and I've overcome a lot of those again. And that's kind of the positive narrative. But, you know, I really want to cut back on sugar and alcohol and dairy and all these things that have been causing me problems with my skin. And you know that I just know intuitively aren't that good for me. And I made this big commitment and I was really working on it. And, you know, Saturday night I got invited to a restaurant. This restaurant was amazing. It was great that they decided to have me. And I was with my one of my best friends and we just had this amazing meal. 
And so I could kind of look at that in one of two ways. The first is, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. I'm never going to be able to stop, you know, eating things that I shouldn't. I have no self-control. I'm such a loser. And that's one narrative that I definitely feel and that I've, you know, felt myself clinging to. But there's also this narrative of, I have done so much for my health. I have overcome so many of my body insecurities. You know, this past year, I lost 12 pounds in such a healthy way after, you know, years of binge eating and doing these crazy diets. And now I can enjoy an amazing meal and and truly enjoy it. Enjoy the company, enjoy trying something new and live in the moment. And there's research that shows, and you can kind of believe me or not, or look into it yourself, that how you feel about what you're eating changes how your body absorbs it, changes how your body digests it. So for me to beat myself up and feel terrible about that meal and um, really belittle myself, my body is not going to absorb the amazing nutrients and that I did get, and it's not going to process through my body in the same way as if I am eating with joy and happiness and knowing that, you know, and there's a balance. I'm not saying we should all just eat junk food all the time, but recognizing when you are enjoying a celebration and being kind to yourself and, and kind to your body changes how you show up physically. Another thing, this isn't something I struggle as much right now with because I'm a little bit more detached from relationships in general for once in my life. Um, But something I hear a lot from my friends and something that just kind of breaks my heart is, you know, my friends that are single and dating, a lot of them, if something goes wrong in one relationship, it's kind of back on that spiraling narrative of, I'm never going to find someone who loves me. I'm never going to find someone that's right for me. Uh, I don't even like to say this stuff out loud because I really do believe in the power of words, but it goes back to that. um, There are no good men out there. All the good men are taken. And that's a narrative. And if you don't think that affects how you show up when you meet other people, you know, when you're at a restaurant or you, and you look miserable, is anyone going to approach you when you talk to men and you're immediately defensive and don't trust that they could be a good guy? That obviously physically changes your reality because of the narrative you're telling yourself. And whereas the alternative could be this person didn't really work out, you know, they weren't meeting my expectations, I wasn't meeting their expectations, I'm excited to be able to meet someone new that is going to be more in line with what I'm looking for. And I think that is obviously way more helpful. You're going to approach new dating situations with an optimism, a positivity, you know, you're going to glow in your day-to-day life because instead of ruminating on that painful situation, you know, you have a lot of joy. And I just think it's really hard when we go into one of those spirals and we start leaning onto one of those negative narratives. But I think once we can be conscious of it, 
we can kind of start to change things. And one of the first books I ever read about spirituality uh, was called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And one of the premises of the book, basically the central premise really is, you know, we always have for the most part, except when you're kind of able to lose yourself and get in flow. But a lot of the time we have this kind of voice in our head that that's the one that's telling us that narrative that I'm talking about. And we identify so much with this voice and even our thoughts and feelings. And we think that's who I am or my spiral in this moment. Like that's who I am. But when we're able to take a step back and say, oh, that's not who I am. I'm the person that's noticing this spiral. I'm the one that's noticing this positive mood or um, this really healthy approach to something. I am the one that is seeing all of these different things. I'm the consciousness that is experiencing these different thoughts, feelings, emotions, and narratives. And I know for me, as hard as it is to do, taking that step back has been one of the most helpful ways for me to, like I said, just, just get away from it a little bit and get that space to say, Oh no, you know, that story that I was telling myself, that's not me. That's not even necessarily real. That's just a story that I'm noticing and I can change that story and I can change that story in a way that's more beneficial to me. And that is going to set me ahead in life and not set me back. And I really do think it changes our brain. Something that I heard recently that I thought was so interesting was that up until the 1980s, uh, doctors believed that, and like I said, I heard this in passing on a podcast, so please don't quote this as science, but I, I imagine the sentiment is correct or I wouldn't be saying it. But up until the 80s, you know, doctors and scientists didn't think our brain changed. And now there's so much research, and I really think it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of realizing what our brains are truly capable of. We thought that that the brain didn't change at all 30-something years ago, or less than 30 years ago. And it does. Our brain is constantly changing. We are constantly changing our own view of ourselves and our own view of the world through our brain. And that's incredibly empowering to know, but it's also a responsibility. Do you want those neuropathways and those changes in your brain to be something that's positive? Do you want it to support the life that you want? Or do you want to feed something negative and create a world for your brain that is, you know, less than what you desire and is going to put you on a path to keep, I don't want to say the word failing, but keep going in a direction that you don't want to go. So I know that's just a bit of a quick thought, and I don't know if it'll necessarily be groundbreaking to anyone. I hope it is, because I think when I really started to understand it, and when I really started to decide that I could pick the narrative that I moved forward with, and what an impact that would make on my life, I really did feel like that was a big deal for me because I know for me, I didn't even necessarily realize that I was doing it. 
because going back to identifying so much with those thoughts, emotions, and feelings, in the moment you think, oh, this narrative that I'm telling myself, or maybe even that I'm telling other people, this is the absolute truth. But when you realize that, you know, there's this duplicity to everything in life and that we can shine the spotlight anywhere we want to magnify the great things um, or the terrible things. And for most of us, there's a little bit of both, especially in a long enough situation or pattern that we have that we are able to construct a narrative around it. There's usually a little bit of both. And it also comes down to finding the narrative that gives you hope. Because without hope in life, you really, <laughs> you really don't have anything. And if the narrative that you're telling yourself doesn't lead to a place of hope, then you're not going to be able to move forward. You're not going to be able to find joy. You're not going to be attracting the things that you want into your life. And I just hope that whatever way you can, you choose the narrative that feels best for you. And I'm not saying live in a world of such optimism that you are hurting yourself. But I think there's just that fine line where you can find that sense of hope and you can also see yourself as the main character and the hero of your own life. And that's another important aspect. Even in my most negative narrative, sometimes I do find myself to be not only the victim, but the hero. And I think the element of heroism is important to keep because it helps inform our belief system around ourselves in a more positive way and it, it builds our confidence and it builds our sense of self-worth which is where I think we kind of create everything in our lives is from that self-worth so you know even if you have the most negative story but you can find a way to be the hero in it and you can find a way to find hope I think that's okay too. Sometimes I think it's okay to say all of these horrible things have happened to me, but I am still living and I have overcome it and I am better because of it and I will continue to be better because of it. So I don't think there's a need for false positivity or that there's a need for faking it in any sense. But there's definitely always a need to see a better tomorrow, as cheesy as that sounds. And that is kind of the one thing that's been on my heart this week. So I hope it's been impactful to you and I hope it resonates. Thank you so much again for listening. Uh, I appreciate you so much and I hope you have an amazing rest of the week. <laughs>